Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And welcome to the 200th episode wow. of the Michigan Sports Truth Post Game Edition on TalkShoe. I'm Taylor Phillips, along with Frank Vashner, who, who has just joined us, and Louis Tenor. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Happy 200s. Happy 200. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a mixed emotions week with the passing of Mike Gillis today, but I couldn't really think of a better way to honor him with the 200th episode. Yeah, Mike Gillis uh, passing at the age of 87. He was terminally ill. Um a few months prior, and that that left uh, Chris, his son, Chris Illich, unfortunately, the new owner of the Tigers and the Red Wings. And, and now it, it's become official. Chris Illich will, be, will own the Tigers solely or, or maybe as the lead owner of the Tigers and the Red Wings until he sells the Tigers to, I believe, possibly Tom Gores. Although our good friend and the founder of the Detroit Sports Rag, editor-in-chief as well, Jeff Moss, wanted Mark Cuban to own the Tigers. I mean, that would, that would be a hell of a treat. I've heard the name Dan Gilbert as well. I've Gilbert, just yeah. thrown in there. It'll it'll be yeah. interesting to see, but I know I'm pretty sure Moss tweeted earlier that it would the team might get sold probably mid season and I mean hopefully it's to an owner that actually gives a damn about bringing a World Series to Detroit. Yeah. But not only that, but he knows a lot more about baseball than Chris Illich. A lot more hockey than Chris Illich knows. Let the church say amen. But, I mean, the thing with with Illich passing away, I mean, I knew I knew I, it was going to happen. I knew he was terminally ill. But, I mean, pretty much ever since I found out, that it became official earlier tonight. I just really kind of been trying to reflect on what he's done for the city of Detroit. I mean, for the Red Wings and the Tigers. I mean, any Red Wings fan will know what he's done. I mean, during his time, the team won four cups. So, and plus, he was kind of in, uh, had his hands in getting in Little Caesars Arena getting that built, mm-hmm. and also get, getting the Tigers back to being a respectable team. I mean, because I can remember in the in the 90s when I was a young boy that the team was just complete puke garbage. I mean, they had incompetent GMs and boner jam managers, and 
then it finally all came together in 2006, and he brought he 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 brought baseball back to Detroit. I mean, before then, no one even Comerica Park was dead, and now you've seen that that place is hopping, and it's it's all due to him. So, I I really have to give the man his due. I mean, he did all he did all he could to get a World Series here. I mean, it's just a shame that the players just couldn't get it done when it counted, and to me, that's what really hurts the most. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it hurts me too. Uh, Mike Illich, uh, also the uh, founder of of the uh, of the Little Caesars uh, Pizza organization, the franchises, uh, the franchise itself. I. I mean, I still work there, but but uh, not not as much as not nearly as much as I work at Ruby Tuesday now. But um, I pass my condolences to Mike to uh, the Illich family uh, on the death of their father, Mike Illich, because uh, he was a he was a heroic icon. Although he never won a World Series for the Tigers, he won four Stanley Cups with the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, that's the main truth. Elich has won more championships with the Red Wings than the Tigers. Yeah, and, and I mean, you can't. And I mean, he did. He put. He put everything he had into making baseball relevant again. And so, I mean, you, you do have. You do have to credit him for that. That's true, because um, he uh, decided. He and Dave, then GM Dave Dombrowski, in terms of the Tigers, turned to Jim Leland as a manager of the Tigers, and Leland what, led the Tigers to two American League championships and two World, thus two World Series championship trips, two World Series trips. Uh, yet they only won one World Series game. But no rings. Just it's just uh, a shame on our part. That, that especially, and the more and the worst thing is the Tigers still have not won a World Series since the year I was born, 1984. And it still hasn't happened in my lifetime either. I was born in '88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's awful. Yeah, um, and that, but uh, no matter no matter what year we we were born, it, it's such a distant memory. With uh, Lou Whitaker, Alan Trammell, Kurt Gibson, Larry Herndon, Chet Lemon, Lance Parrish, oh, yeah. all those guys, Dan Petrie. Yeah, those were still, the guys. Those were the guys that that built this team together that year to to win that World Series championship. Yeah, it just still feels like oh, it still feels like an eternity since that World since the World Series has been won, won by a team in the city, and it's 
I mean, he, and he, even today, I mean, like I, I've said it time and time again, that's really what makes what makes it hurt the worst. Just to know that the uh, just to know just to know that you had some you had somebody who was committed to getting it here, somebody who gave somebody who gave a shit, and they they were doing all they could. They they did they more than did their job, but. And I mean, yeah, it's it's better than it's a hell of a lot better than it was. I'm I'm thankful for that, but it's just when the fact that the team didn't win it while he was around, and it's it's I can't lie, it it stings. Yeah, and uh, that that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. So, um, so uh, again, Mike Yelich uh, passing away at age 87, born in uh, 1929, and uh, born born in uh, ni- yeah born in 1929. Then in 2017, WDIV uh, made a little somehow made a little typo on on the year he died. And uh, said it was said it was 2016, which was last year. But see, this month is already February. It's already February 10th, the day, the very day today that Mike Dillich passed away. It, it's not even January. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, everybody in the media makes mis- make, makes mistakes, but I I, I think. I think that was like a brutal blow to the Yelich family. I would have, I actually, I actually know somebody who works for WDIV and I don't, and I had heard that maybe they were expecting him to pass sooner and they probably had that, they probably had all that put together and were just kind of waiting for the day. And I guess that, got to be 2017 and somebody should have just updated it but I I mean I'm not really gonna I may have to ask uh, the person I know there see if they would know anything thing but you know it is what it is uh huh so with all that so with that being covered um Pistons get annihilated by the San Antonio Spurs, one hundred three to ninety two. They they trail by as many as I I think twenty, or at least yeah. 20. I was I was kind of keeping up with updates on it and throughout the night. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I this this is a game I I I fully expected them to lose, and that's just me being a realist because we I think yeah. I think the village idiot would know that the Spurs were the better team. Team, and you know, you feel, you just hope that some positive can come out of it if you're a Pistons fan. And the thing was, the Spurs just shot the lights out tonight. And I mean, I think I saw. I think you tweeted it at one point said they should have guarded the three point line better. Because San Antonio is very good with the long ball. Oh, they share the ball well. I mean, they're they're a fundament. They're a well coached team. They're a fundamentally sound team. 
you know what? They they came in and they kicked the Pistons' ass. Uh huh. Especially especially uh, from three point range, the Spurs. Keep in mind, lead the league, lead the NBA in three point shooting, and the Pistons' defense let the Spurs wide open from three point range a lot, and that that cost them. The Spurs, in result, shot a shot a percentage of forty seven point four from three and fifty percent flat from the floor. Yeah, I mean you you play with fire, you get burned. Yep. Yeah, despite committing twenty turnovers to the Pistons, ten turnovers committed. The Spurs also out rebounded the Pistons unanimously fifty two to thirty five. Yikes. Yeah. And and they outshot the Pistons from the charity stripe, the free throw line, 12 of 15 and 9 of 13. That's 80% flat to 69.2%. And let's let's take a look at the box score real quick on the Pistons free throw shooting. Andre Drummond, over 3 in his last game against the Lakers at the free throw line, but 24 to go with his 24 and 17 boards. Um, in a 121-102 win over the lowly Los Angeles Lakers. Andre Drummond shot two of five from the free throw line tonight. Marcus Morris, one for two. That's So it's four free throw misses by the Pistons total. But mostly Drummond. Who was a minus eight, picked up 12 points, 15 rebounds, yet another double-double. He keeps missing free throws and he keeps collecting double doubles no matter how big or small they are. But, yeah, that's uh, kind of been the story all season and all pretty much throughout his career. Yeah. And of course Aaron Baines didn't didn't help very much. He didn't even get a damn rebound, did Aaron Baines. He only got four points and was a minus two. Two of five shooting, no steals, no assists, no blocks, no turnovers, no personal fouls, no nothing. Just a minus two, four points, and zeros all over the place, except two of five shooting in just nine minutes. Holy Bay. Yeah, Holy Bay is right. It's, it's, it's no wonder we need Boban Marjanovic. Yeah. Free Boban. Yeah, absolutely. And I got some advanced statistics on the on the all new basketball reference website. And um I've got I got rebounds for thirty six minutes. Boban Marjanovic, twenty point four rebounds for thirty six. Aaron Baines just eleven point oh. Well that now, more than speaks for itself right there. Yeah. Now, total rebounds per 100 possible. Bolvan Marjanovic, 23.9. Aaron Baines, 13.0. There's also uh, total rebounding percentages. Bolvan Marjanovic, 26.3% in total rebound percentages in advanced stats. Aaron Baines, 14.2, not Bad, still double digits. Reggie Jackson, um, 
4.7 because he's not his his. So that's not because that's not really his job anyway. Right. But um, Andre Drummond, 25.0 total rebounding percentage. I mean, I I just I think at this point I'm I'm just hoping that that SBG that. can find a taker for Baines. Just say, you know what, we'll take we'll take we'll take Toonces the driving cat if we have to, hmm. who or or a couple or a couple of your basketballs, anything. Right, and even Volan Marjanovic has done better in total rebounding percentages in in per. Total rebound percentage than Andre Drummond, twenty six point three to twenty five point oh. It's a close race, but Bolban is winning. He's even beating Andre Drummond for God's sake. Ugh. Just see the numbers speak for themselves. Let him play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got Stan Van Gunny's uh, not not doing it very much. Only using Bulban as a reserve. How, how typical. Stan Van Gundy doesn't even know advanced statistics. But that's the one thing that I caught that I finally caught up to today, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm going to post all this this page right here on the uh, Detroit Pistons advanced statistics webpage on the basketball reference website on the Detroit Sports Lag uh, Facebook group. Let me yeah, I, I got, I'm going to have to take a look at this as well. I mean, it's, for me, for me, the advanced metrics in basketball I'm not as familiar with as, say, with in ba- in baseball or in hockey, but I still think they're real. They're pretty reliable. I mean, you can the the worst thing you do is if a player's showing them, give them at least give them a chance to show if they just to show if they can back it up. Not, what's it gonna hurt? I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I've read, I've ragged on on the Red Wings for their refusal to use it, use the advanced metrics. But people say, "Oh, that's all garbage. It doesn't show." It's like, well, give them a chance. Well, how about you give them a chance to let them show you, you know, they can back it up, okay? And if they do, yeah. if it doesn't happen, then oh well. No, I mean it's not too not too likely that. That's somebody who's got, you know, who's got like a high amount of goals or points per sixty minutes of play, isn't going to go out and completely shit their pants, pants during a game. Hmm. Uh huh. There's also uh, advanced shooting percentages: two pointers from zero to three feet, three to ten feet, and ten to sixteen feet, and and sixteen. Or more feet. I'm gonna 
And I'm going to uh, message that to you right now on Facebook here. There you are. All righty. I'll definitely make sure to take a look at that. There you are. It's sent. There, there's, uh, there, there's, of course, the three-point percentages, but... Um, Well, here, there's also uh, three-point field goals percentages in advance. There's assisted three-point field goals, three-point three field goals from the corner, three-point percentages on three, three PAs from the corner. Oh, wait, that's, uh, there are two percentages of three PAs from the corner. That's uh-huh. There's the single percentages of three three point attempts from the corner and the three the three per, three times the percentages of of three three point attempts from the corner also heave attempts beyond half court and heaves made beyond heaves made beyond half court. This 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 is incredible. Yeah, I, I I can believe it. I mean, I just have to. I'll just take a look at this, and I'll just have to share this with a lot, quite a few friends of mine who are are big basketball fans, and show them what this what this stuff will tell you. And it'll it's it's surprising what you can learn from number from all these numbers and statistics that at first. The first you may have never even known existed. Uh huh. So back to the recap. So back to the recap. Uh, Spurs outscore the Pistons in the paint, thirty-eight to thirty, and twenty-one to seven off turnovers. Pistons outscore them. 11 to 6 on the fast break. That's that's been the story. But uh, Spurs out rebound the Pistons defensively, 41-28, and 11 to 7 offensively. Pistons, yeah. That's um, that's ugly. Pistons um, go to Toronto at Air Canada Center and play the Raptors Sunday at 6 on NBA TV. That, that can also be on Fox Sports Detroit as well. Yeah, and that, that's going to be a tough one, too, because the ACC is yeah. always a tough place to play. It's going to be blacked out on NBA TV because it's going to be on Fox Sports Detroit as well. Yeah. Raptors are thirty-two and twenty-two. Believe, I believe are they in the? I know, I know they're in the top. I'm pretty sure they're in the top four in the East. Are they? I can't remember if they're third or fourth. I'll check out the standings. Spurs improved to forty-one and twelve. Pistons and uh, Pistons fall to twenty-five and twenty-nine. 
The Raptors are indeed in fourth place in the East. Spurs second place in the West behind the 45, the 45 and 8 Golden State Warriors. Those are two amazing Western Conference teams. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame that they're in both conferences, that they're in the same conference, because you, you get a West final between Golden State and San Antonio, that's that must be TV right there. There, because you've got, you've got a team that's best, that's kind of been the model of consistency. He, over the last 20-some years of the Spurs, and plus you have the Golden State team that that's kind of re- been the new revolution. I mean, those, those are teams that still go up up and down the floor, back and forth. I mean, if, if that's your Western Conference final, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a hell of a series. Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Sure. That's true. So, uh, uh, so, uh, so, Frank, um, let, let's uh, go to the Red Wings a little bit before we turn it over to Lewis. Um, that uh, the, the, the uh, most of the fans keep keep thinking on uh you know the that that what what they what they thought was a slash by Brandon Dubinsky when he tried to play the puck on Henrik Zetterberg. It might have it might have broken his stick, but um he he had one hand on it clearly, not two hands. You gotta get two hands to purposely slash the stick the stick of your opponent to snap it in two. But he had one hand it on it and that Clearly, and that that shows why it was a good no call. And that, to, and, yeah. But to that, to me, that was that's just when you got two guys. I said it time and time again, and people just laid into me. You get two guys battling for the puck, and you get one guy trying to use a stick. Shit like that is gonna happen. Somebody's gonna get their stick broken. I mean, I. I didn't even re- I'll admit I didn't even realize that Zetterberg's stick had broke because when I first saw the replay, I was thinking that he was trying that he tried to drop it like it was hot and get a call and he just gave up on the play. But it's just and I that's what really pissed me yeah. off. It's like your stick breaks, leads to an out of the rush. You bust your ass and get back down there and do whatever the fuck you gotta do. To yeah, stop use the your goal body to block the damn shot. Use your body Take to block for the, the shot. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, any coach is gonna any coach is gonna preach that, and people are telling me that it was a flash. Like you said, Dubinsky didn't take it. He didn't pull a Phil Kessel and take his stick with two hands and act like he was chopping wood. He was just he goes going for the puck the whole way. He, I mean. Zetterberg stick breaking, that was just accidental. There was no there was no intent behind it. They came together. It didn't. It, I mean, it didn't snap it too. It just broke a little bit. I mean, shit like that's gonna happen. That's hockey. What do you want? Yeah. What, do you, what do you expect him to do? Just step. Dubinsky just step aside and just skate backwards and just wait for something to happen. 
No. You're, you got to fight for the puck. It's three on three overtime. Um, you're trying to make sure you get a win. You're going to do what it takes. Nobody's going to sit back there and just skate around for five minutes. Right. And just wait to get to that stupid fucking shootout, which uh, that's another topic for another time and how much I hate that. Yeah. Right. There's um. There's an there's another thing that uh, there's another there's another part of uh, the reason there's another part of that leading to a to an over overtime goal by Seth Jones assisted by Dubinsky. Peter Morazic he's a great goaltender but he should have stopped that shot he he saw it all along and and Seth Jones ripped it but. Dina Morazic had a chance to stop it, and he didn't do it. And the puck was, the puck ended up in the back of the net. That, 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 that. And um, it seems to me like uh, the Red Wings showed their sensitivity and their and and uh, how, how they've given up because of a because of a non-call, which proved to be the right no call. And that, that's that's just the sensitivity of, of the city of Detroit. They can't they can't take criticism. They're they're so weak, especially in sports. This is yeah. This is yeah. To, to your point, that that's something that really pisses me off. I mean, it's like you can't you you see it in the, with members of the media. I mean, I I hear. I hear Jeff Moss say this all the time. I'm um, how this, how whether it's the hockey writers or sometimes the baseball writers, they pander to the fans. They'll tell you what they'll tell them, um, like uh, what they want to hear. They're not gonna they're not gonna give it to you straight. If this if this was Toronto or Montreal or Calgary, they Vancouver, be, Vancouver even for God's sake. I mean, they're, they're, this this organi- this organization of a hockey team would not be getting away with anything. They would be basically telling them, "Get the fuck out of our faces." <laughs> I mean, I'm at the point where I just like to. I don't, I even want to see that. And I'm not. I'm not saying you got to go and stick around and pry into somebody's personal life, but God damn it, ask the tough questions. We just want we just want we just want you to give it to us straight. We can take it. Yeah, that's right. That that's the main that's the that that's part of your job it and in media. You gotta you gotta ask uh you gotta get to, you gotta ask those tough questions. You gotta get straight to the point. No don't go wishy washy and and uh throw them other other irrelevant softballs. I mean, that's not how it's done here in this industry. You're damn right. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then the and then the Red Wings go to Washington and uh, make make this. Uh, 
make this make their game against the Capitals interesting before the Capitals knock them out in the end. E.J. Oshie with two goals. And you know what we heard on the post game from Ken Daniels out. Now keep in mind, I've I've met I've met Daniels before, nice guy and all, but he had the audacity to say that they held Alex Ovechkin to zero shots on goal. Nobody gives a fuck about what Ovi did. We want to know about why they lost. We don't care if Ovi had zero shots on goal or 15 shots on goal. Nobody cares. We want to know why you lost. We don't need to hear about holding Ovechkin to a big, fat, Fucking donut. I, I I know that, that that's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of weird when they hold Alexander Ovechkin Ovechkin to zero shots on goal, technically, and lose six to three. That is ridiculous. If you combine if you combine both sides together, you got. You, I mean, it, it's just a weird mess of. Uh, Dropping of still dropping the ball, and and uh, it's not just Ovechkin; it's the entire Capitals team that are still leading the President's Trophy. There, there's a reason why the Capitals of all teams are leading the entire NHL in in the standings. They are a great team, especially with their head coach Barry Trotz out there, Nicholas Backstrom, T.J. Oshie. Braden Holpe. And Ovechkin, too. I mean... Brett Connolly. Yeah, yeah, I mean... This, this, yeah, I mean to, me, to me, the the Capitals have been one, one of the best regular season teams, but yet, when it comes... I mean, uh, uh, not to get off tangent here, but come regular season, they're, they're always running away, but yet when playoffs come around, they just seem to... If for whatever reason, they just go kaput. They run into a team that they just seemingly don't match up well with. I mean, they. I mean, last year they were the top seed, ran into the Pittsburgh Penguins, who won that series in six. And of course, the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, there's really no shame in losing to the eventual champs. But, I mean, it's just kind of been the same old song and dance with him. And, look, Barry Trotz is the coach that I have a lot, I have a lot of respect for. Or I, mean, he, or, I mean, he did good stuff with the Nashville Predators, kind of helping build that team from the ground up. Up, And now he's finally got a real decent team in Washington. I mean, but the thing is, it's just the Capitals, I don't know if it's just players who are – just out of gas, or if they're just snake bit, or what it is. I mean, it's you kind of hope they just they're able to to get over just to get over the hump. I mean, kind of like how the San Jose Sharks were when they from about maybe the early the early two thousands. They'd be a team that would dominate in the regular season in the West, and then they would just run into some buzzsaw of a team team and getting knocked out in round one or round two or god forbid have a three nothing lead and completely choke it away circa 2014 
And then they finally uh-huh. get over the hump and get to the cup finals and only to run, only to run into a much better Penguins team. But, you know, they, they got to get to six games. And, I mean, there was probably a time I thought the Penguins were going to blow them out of the water and they re- they put up a better fight than I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought they were going to get thrashed seven to one or something like that, or eight to one. But yeah, but I mean they fought. But I mean they they fought they fought hard. I mean the, I still remember those first two games. It first game game one took a late goal for the by the Penguins to win it. I mean second game was OT. Third game Sharks win in overtime. I mean game four. I mean the Penguins were clearly the better team in that one. I mean. And game five, Martin Jones stole that one for him. And then game six, Penguins just closed it out. But, I mean, you, I mean, I, I saw several, several Sharks fans had tweeted us, and you know what, we're – I mean, it sucks that we've lost, but you know what, we showed that we could get to – we could get to a cup final. It's capable of being done. We just got to learn from it and move on. And I think that's and I think that's something that a team like the Capitals are going to have to do. They've got to be able to get over the hump in the East and get to get to a conference get to a conference final, win said conference final, and get to that Cup final. Because I mean, they haven't been to a Cup final since they got swept by the Red Wings in '98. And but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I know the the NHL trade deadline is coming up within a couple of weeks, March 1st, I'm still interested to see what kind of trades are going to go down and see, I'm just kind of waiting for that first big domino to fall. Now, normally, uh, once that you mentioned uh, the Red Wings were fighting hard against the Cavaliers, normally the objective is to fight hard, especially uh, fight hard, especially when you're, uh, Facing a marquee team in the Washington Capitals on the road, you're, you're, you're trying to bust your ass. Even, even, even though we hope that the Red Wings are tank, that that the Red Wings are tanking for their for their future, and and ending and not only ending this meaningless playoff streak of 25 play, straight playoff appearances. Stanley Cup playoff appearances, but um, getting a top three draft pick and selling as well. Exactly. I mean, you got, I mean, I remember Moss said it in one of his periscopes that there's players that you could get you could get a good haul from. I'm not saying that you gotta pay that teams are gonna pay a king's ransom for a Thomas Vanek or a Mike Green, but I mean you can at least fetch draft picks for them. You can fetch maybe a prospect or two for those guys. There's you'll get you'll get a decent haul. I mean I mean haul I think it I don't I Still don't know who who the hell it was that said they won't get a bounty in return. Bullshit. They pay they paid a lot to get the corpse of David Legwand in 2014. They paid a lot to get Eric Cole, who 
unfortunately ended up having his career ended did with a neck injury. So, and plus, he also had to give up a first-round pick for Kyle fucking Quincy, for God's sake. Yeah. So if you if you had to pay a first-round pick to get up Kyle Quincy, you, it's reasonable to expect someone to give up a first-round pick for somebody like Mike Green. Oh. I mean, I've, I've said it all along. I think, I think Mike Green should be sent to Edmonton because I think you could possibly get the, the, the Oilers, we'll say the Oilers, the Oilers are making the playoffs this year. They'll, so they'll have probably like a, a first round pick probably in the, we'll say the twenties just for the sake of argument. So you'll get that probably get one of their, you, you won't get, you're not going to get like a hot, you'll probably get some of the, maybe a top tier prospect. I would, the name I would like to see him possibly throw out there is Darnell Nurse, a defenseman. He would be a, somebody nice. Or if you, or if you really want to make a blockbuster deal, you send Green and maybe Gustav, Gustav Nyquist, and then you probably get a draft pick, prospect, and a roster player, player in return. So you get at least have somebody you can kind of start your rebuild around someone who's been there, has some experience, just kind of take younger guys under his wing and kind of get things going and make sure it goes smooth. And because because that's the thing. Ken Holland says, oh, rebuilds take 10 years. <laughs> no, they don't. That is the biggest crock of horse shit I have ever heard. The NHL yeah. is designed where you can do it in as little as two or three years if you get the right people in the right places to do the right things, it can happen. Look at Toronto. Mike, they were a complete mess. Babcock comes in. Brandon Shanahan comes in. Lou Lamorello comes in. And they got Matthews. Yeah, they got Matthews. And look at this year. This I mean, they've kind of been hanging around the playoff picture. I still think they can get in. And they've had as many as nine rookies in their lineup. I mean, granted, Babcock's one of the best coaches in the NHL. But, again, it goes back to what I said. Right people in the right place doing the right thing. That's how it can be done. Um, and he, even the even the look at the Columbus Blue Jackets too. Who I saw these days. They were they were a they were a complete dumpster oh. fire until oh, yeah. they brought Yarmo Kekalainen in to be their GM, and then he they had to go through they had to go through a couple coaches. They get Torson, they get guys who they draft oh, yeah, they yeah, draft yeah. well. Well, again, I mean, it's, I mean, it's taken a li- it's taken a little bit of time there, but again, you got the right people in the right places doing the right things, and now you actually have a really good team there. I mean, and, they, and they're sitting in. They, I mean, they've bounced around from third to first in the diff in the, probably the toughest division in the NHL, the Metropolitan Division, because you've got you've got. The Capitals in there. You got the Penguins in there. You got the Rangers. You got the Flyers. 
that that division is a murderer's row. And if you're kind of at or near the top, you're doing the right shit there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, power play is all the way up to the top that, that brings up the Blue Jackets up to uh, second place in the Metropolitan Division behind the Washington Capitals. They're 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 on they're on a hunt for that president's trophy. So the Capitals aren't are leading uh, by a, by around eight points or so. But uh, but uh, it's it that uh, Metropolitan Division race and President's Trophy race combined together, both are not over yet. Exactly. Well, the Red Wings power play unit still stands in last place, dead last in the NHL. And yet they still seemingly don't want to do anything to fix it. Which kind of going along with that. I mean, mean, I know we've had a couple coaches fired recently. I mean, I think Ken Hitchcock got let go in St. Louis, and then Claude Julian gets let go by the Bruins on Monday or Tuesday or whenever it was. He's gone. Wait, so, wait, 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 Check that. The Columbus Blue Jackets have now just fallen to third place um, in the Metropolitan Division, losing to the Vancouver Canucks 3 nothing. I believe that was in... Uh, that would have been... That probably would have been... I think that was in Columbus. I don't think that was in Vancouver. I think it was in Columbus, yeah. The Canucks were on the road, as I remember. The Canucks are still on that Eastern that Eastern Conference road trip. They're in Boston um, tomorrow night, but tomorrow afternoon at 1 on NESN and Sportsnet. Uh, Penguins now have 74 points due to that embarrassing 4-1 win in Denver over the the lowly Colorado Avalanche, who who stand in last place in the NHL at 32 points. 15-34-2. That's 22 points behind the Red Wings and nine behind the Arizona Coyotes. Are you kidding me? Uh, I uh, I have a good friend who is Colorado Avalanche fan, and he, he basically has said that they really fucked up by bringing back all these former stars to run the show. Patrick Law, Joe Sackick, and whoever else got brought in. And that ended up being a complete disaster, to put it politely. Because hmm. Pat, Patrick Watt thought he could do all these different things as, as a head coach and show everybody how big his balls were in the playoffs, and it didn't get him anywhere. Aaron, it's hard. It sucks for Jared Bednar because he's been, he got left with a pretty huge mess to clean up as well. Right. So they they're they're the team that I think has got to get. I mean, set. I don't know if 
I don't know if Sackick is going to last any longer as as GM. But I mean, I think they Wad did the right thing by stepping down because he he basically had Bill Belichick control there and overseeing all the <laughs> raw, overseeing all the uh, the uh, roster decisions and all that stuff. And it clearly didn't work out for him because he tried to do he tried to do it his own way, like he ran it kind of similar to how he ran the whatever junior team in the Quebec League thing, and it just turned out to bite him in the ass. But then again, there's talks that he may end up getting taking over in Montreal if Michelle Terrian gets whacked. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. No doubt. Well, um, so there are so there are three teams in that race. Make that make that five. Seventy. The, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Blue Jackets the Canadians, and the Rangers, who all have high pluses, high plus differentials. The, the Penguins at 74 points, the Caps 82, the Columbus Blue Jackets 73, the Canadians 70 points leading the Atlantic Division, the Rangers 71 points leading the first wild card spot, And the Bruins hold the second, and uh, after still sit, still sit in the playoffs despite like oh, getting rid of no. Claude Julian. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, but I'm talking about the President's Trophy race. But yeah, but yeah, the Bruins yeah. lead lead the Red Wings and the Sabers by six points for, for that wild card spot. But look at all those teams before the Sabers and Red Wings. They got six teams in between the Bruins and and the Sabers and Red Wings. The pair of the Sabres and Red Wings. Yeah, you look, you see the Flyers are a point out of the wild card spot. The Islanders <laughs> have seemingly come back from the dead after they whacked Jack Capuano and they're starting to turn things around. The Panthers are just still kind of Panthers, Devils, Hurricanes are still hanging in there. And then the, Tam- uh-huh. the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's it's weird. It's weird to think that they were that they were an Eastern Conference finalist last season, and now they're kind of near the basement this year. But again, I think I think a lot of that might be due to injuries because Stamkos is pretty much done for the year. They've had other guys getting hurt. I mean, it's not. I'm not trying to say that they should use it as an excuse, but it's, that's a team that's just seemingly been snake bit. All right. Well, um, I think we've covered uh, everything here. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta get get some rest here. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it. We're gonna turn it over to uh, Lewis Tenor for uh, score standings and headlines before we uh, wrap this up. We got a Spreaker podcast at 7 a.m. with Ed Smith and myself. 
for episode 251. I said 252 in the last episode, 199. That was my mistake. So it's 251 on Spreaker, which was pushed to 7 a.m. We were going to have it at midnight tonight, but um, Ed Smith uh, had an emergency shift to cover in his workplace uh, tonight. So uh, we're going to do it at 7 a.m., dude, because i got to work at Little Caesars and Cadillac at 10 a.m. Uh, likely I'm working at Ruby Tuesday a lot more than Little Caesars now because of how professional that, that working atmosphere at Ruby Tuesday is. So, and, and that's, that, that's, that's not even a, not even nearly a close battle. To be yeah. 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 So, and I, and then real quick, I, I think I bet you too that I can, uh, I can call into a, uh, the uh, Spreaker podcast tomorrow morning. I I have to I have to be at my uh, job at Enterprise at eight forty five. So I I mean I'm able to call into that. So I'll probably just uh, get off a uh, I'll probably just get off of here so I can get myself some rest. Just you can just um, message me the number and well I look. Well, I don't. I'm not sure that that would that would probably disrupt uh, Ed Ed's feed okay. me on the air. Whether whether it be on Facebook Messenger or just on the phone, I can't. I I I I can't. Um, I, I mean, I, I I can't have that happen. Okay, know, okay, I, I I understand. I I I'm also unable to uh, do a group call by regular phone mode. I I could allow a group call on Facebook Messenger, but but right now Ed Smith's uh, Wi-Fi has been having some major issues and that's why and that's why Ed Smith is using his regular phone and using calling in with his regular phone instead. Okay. Well I if if it's gonna be if it's gonna be that much of a hassle then I'll then I'll just uh I'll 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 set this one out. I mean once he but well, hopefully you guys can get all that stuff figured out because I would like I would like to join you on one of those. But if he if it's gonna be an issue then it's not, it's not a it's not a big deal. I'll just I'll just be able to sleep a little bit longer tomorrow before I got to go to work. But <laughs> yeah, you can always comment in, uh, on the link uh, uh, on our episode. The comment bank is always is always there on every episode. All righty. All right. All right. So, uh, get, yeah, get some rest, Frank. Thanks for chiming in. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow night on Talk Shoe. All righty. Sounds good, man. Yep. All righty. All right. All right, Lewis, it's all yours. Take it away. I'd be glad to. All right. We'll start off with the NBA like normally. Uh, we have a game in progress here, starting off with the Hawks are leading the Kings 45-29. to Paul Millsap has 12 points, three rebounds, and one assist right now. And Ben McLemore, um, off to an auspicious start, three points, three rebounds, and one assist. Ah, well. Bulls and Suns are tied at 39 all. War 28 to go in the second. Jimmy Butler, 10 points, three three assists, and one steal. Devin uh, Devin Booker, 13 points, two assists, and one rebound. Uh, The rest are finals. The Heat over the Nets. 108-99. Uh, 
James Johnson has 26 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Brooke Lopez has 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 assist. Not bad considering the loss. Um, Nuggets over the Knicks, 131-123, as if their season has been bad enough already. Uh, Nikolai Jolik, 40 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Carmelo Anthony, not too shabby either, 33 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. And that was a loss. Uh, Spurs over the Pistons, 103-92. Kwani Leonard, 32 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Ayesh Smith, 15 points, 4 assists, Ish and 3 Smith. rebounds. Ish Smith. Ish Smith. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Lakers over Bucks, 122-114. Nick Young, 25 point, 26 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. The Greek Freak, 41 points, 8 rebounds. Six assists. I cannot pronounce that guy's name for the life of me. Warriors over Grizzlies, 122-107. Clay Thompson, 36 points, three assists, one rebound. And Mike Conley, 20 points, nine assists, and five rebounds. Wolves, uh, Pelicans over the Wolves, 122-106. Anthony Davis, 42 points, 13 rebounds, two assists. Carl Anthony Towns, 35 points. Uh, wait, I think it's uh, 36 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist. The Wizards over the Pacers, 112-107. Paul George, 31 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Marquise Morris, 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 assists. Drummond Green is the first player in NBA history to record 10 steals and 5 blocks in a game. Steals and blocks have been official statistics since 1973-74. Very impressive. Um, Warriors, okay. Uh, Jeff Hornacek says, what he saw from his starters in the first quarter is probably what our analysts tell us. They were very good offensively and not their horrible defense. So I can tell you that. Their defense is pathetic. Um, all right, so now we'll go to the standings here. I just want to catch a few on those side notes there. And the score, uh, the standings go this way. Cleveland is now at 36-16, two and a half over the Celtics, 34-19. Washington, 32-21, four and a half out. Raptors, 32-22, five out. At five and a half out, the Hawks at 31-22. Pacers, 29-24, 7.5 back. Bulls, 26-27, back. And the Pistons are 12 back at 25 and 29. Down the list we go. Hornets are 24-29, and 12.5 back. The Heat, 13 back at 24 and 30. Milwaukee, 22 and 30 at 14 back. At 15 and a half back. The Knicks, who are in a sinking ship with themselves, 22 and 33, 15 and a half back. Tragic, 20 and 35, 17 and a half back. Sixers, 19 and 34, also 17 and a half back. And the Nets are still the Nets at 9 and 45, 28 games back. Ugh. Nauseating. Okay. The West. 
Warriors are still out in front, 45-8, and eight, and have a four-game lead over the Spurs at 41-12. and 12. At 39-17 are the Rockets. That's seven and a half back. Jazz are 11 and a half back at 40, 34 and 20. Ooh. Clippers are 13 back at 32 and 31. Grizzlies are 33 and 23, 13 and a half back. Thunder, 31 and 23, 14 and a half back. And the Nuggets, 24 and 29, 21 back. Down the we go. Blazers, 23 and 21, 23 and a half back. Uh, tied right here is the 24 and a half back. 24 back are the Kings and Mavericks at thir- 21 and 32. Oh boy. Uh, Pelicans are 24 and a half back at 21 and 33. Wolves are 25 and a half back, 20 and 34. King uh, Lakers are 19 and 37, 27 and a half back, and Suns are 29 back, 16 and 30. Seven. Ah. Okay, a light night on the ice again. There's only two games. Um, just give me a second here. Uh, yes, here we go. Just two games on the schedule tonight. Boy, it's been rather quiet lately on the ice. As the Wild win overtime, two to one in a shootout. Maliko Kovasko's goal in the um, shootout wins. Uh, Kane and Ashmeroff. You mean uh, Nico Koivu? Yeah, Nico. Yeah, Nico Koivu. Nico Koivu. Koivu. I think it sounds familiar. Uh, Kane and Ashmeroff helped the Blackhawks uh, topple the Jets by the two. All right. So we'll go to the standings here for the NHL. If my arrow will cooperate. Ah, there we go. Sometimes it takes well for this arrow to cooperate, folks. All right, standings go this way. I said standing. It's not scheduled yet. Thank you. All right, in the east, in the Atlantic, Montreal is 31-17-8, now at 70 points. Ottawa, 62 points at 28-18-6. Leafs. 25, 17, 11, 61 points. Boston, 60 points at 27, 23, and 6. At 56 points, the Panthers are 23, 20, and 10. Lightning, 24, 24, and 7, 55 points. Buffalo, 22, 20, uh, both Buffalo and Detroit are 22, 22, and 10, 54 points. Not bad for, um, even though they're in last place in the division, but still respectable. Metropolitan, Washington, is 38-11-6, 82 points. Pittsburgh is at 74 points at 34-13-6. Columbus, 34-14-5, 73 points. Boy, they've been a tailspin since they had that 16-in-a-row wins. Rangers, right behind them at 71 points at 35-18-1. Keep it up, those. Further down the list, the Flyers, 26, 22, and 7, 50, 59 points. Islanders are at 24, 18, and 10, 58 points. Devils, 23, 21, and 10, 56 points. Not so good for my girlfriend. And the Hurricanes are 24, 21, and 7, 55 points. But still rather respectable. More I can say for some teams in the West. 
and they know who they are. Central, Minnesota, 36-12-6, 78 points. Chicago, 34-17-5, 73 points. Blues, 28-22-5, 61 points. Nashville, 26-20-8, 60 points. Jets, 25-28-4, 54 points. Dallas, 52 points at 21, 24, and 10. And the hapless avalanche, 15, 34, and 2, 32 points. Not even worth mentioning. In the West, a Pacific, rather. Ooh. Excuse me. San Jose, 33, 18, 4, 70 points. Ducks, 29, 17, and 10, 68 points. Right behind them, Edmonton, 29, 18, 8, 66 points. Kings, 28, 23, and 4, 60 points. Calgary, 28, 25, and 3, 59 points. Vancouver, 54 points. 24, 24, and 6. And Arizona, 17, 28, and 7, 41 points. Okay, and the men's action tonight. Uh, there's no top 25 action, but there are games that are locally um, through my area in the men's hoops, and they go like this. Uh, I have to go to today's date, not tomorrow, because that's only to do top 25. Okay, so here we go. Ohio over Ball State, 79-77. Jordan Dardis, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Trey Moses, 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists. Holy Moses. No. Akron over Eastern Michigan, sorry, 87-76. Isaiah Johnson, uh, 17 points. Hmm? 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. James Thompson, the fourth, 19 points, 14 rebounds, and one block. Dayton over Rhode Island, just barely, 75-74. Kendall Pollard, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Kieran Iverson, 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 1 assist. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Detroit Mercy, no, Oakland over Detroit Mercy, 89-80. Jalen Hayes, 23 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. Jaheel Hogan, 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists. Harvard over Brown, 87-74. Bruce Allen, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Steven, Steven Spieth, 21 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. I don't know if that's right. Did I go for Jordan Spieth? I'll check on that later. Penn over Columbia, 70-62. Luke Petrak, 18 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. A.J. Rodor, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Princeton Princeton over Cornell, 69-60. Matt Morgan had 23 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. Spencer Weiss, 21 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, Yale over Dartmouth, nice. 73-64, Evan Bardot, 15 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Jordan Bruner, 5 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 assist. Oh, well. Uh, Niagara over Canisius, 94-81. Matt Scott, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Jeremy Crumpton, 25 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. And finally, Bonneth took Manhattan, 62-58. Jalen Hornbreck. Hornbeck, 
16, 15 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Xavier Turner, 27 points and 4 assists. Uh, rebounds, excuse me. Um, women's, because there was some women's action tonight. All right, there we go. Uh, where are we? Ah. Okay. In the women's bracket, there's okay. Washington is leading, Arizona is leading Washington State 55-52, 5-24 to go in the fourth. In the second, USC is leading Oregon State 27-14, uh, 4-42 to go in the half here. Stanford, uh, Colorado is leading Stanford 21-16, 5-22 going the second here. Washington is leading Arizona 36-20. Uh, finals, Duke over Syracuse 72-55. DePaul over Xavier, big time, 70-43. And Oregon over UCLA, 84-75. Boy, they used to be good. Um, all right, so now we'll go to the news headlines of the day. Let me clear this, some of this stuff off. Okay. Oops. As we go, okay. Uh, as we mentioned, Red Wings and Tigers owner Mike Yelich passes away at 87. My condolences to the Detroit uh, people of Detroit. Um, yes. Of the podcast episode tonight. Classic uh, occurrence. Yes. Again, uh, my my prayers and condolences are with the Yelich family. Yeah. No matter how good or bad they may be. All right. Um, Malik Dime um, of, of, was suspended hold on was suspended for slapping a heckler during halftime between Washington Ooh. and Colorado Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh was right. Uh, Doesn't know how long it was suspended for, but, um, and it had to be restrained from the game uh, after after the incident. The uh, coach knew what happened, but uh, didn't know any more of the details. I'll get to that more in a little bit. There can't be hecklers in in any sporting event. No, unfortunately there are, though. I've I've been to a few where there have been hecklers. Heck, I was one of them once. Uh, long time ago. Uh, top defensive end for Texas A&M, Miles Garrett, will not be attending the NFL draft. Uh, says he's chosen to be at home with his family and friends to share the news. And um, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. So if he wants to share it with, uh, in a private moment with his family and friends, I say let him. Doesn't hurt. No, no luck. It's that. So, um, you know, uh, I say more power to you. Uh, Red Wings defenseman Jonathan Erickson out for the remainder of the season with a wrist fracture. Surgery will be performed next week. Eckerson was slammed into the boards by Nicholas Backstrom of the Capitals. Oof. Yeah. I know know one person would be happy about that. Yeah, that's me. Except, except, Except I want the Red Wings to tank. No, I meant the other person on the, on the other side because I do a Wednesday evening show with her. Oh, yeah. She's a Capitals fan. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, yeah. T- 
Tiger's comeback, no, not the Detroit Tigers, Tiger Woods, his comeback hits another slide as he drops out two more PGA events uh, in the coming weeks, the Genesis Open and the Honda Classic due to the back spasms um, like he suffered last week at the Dubai Classic. Uh, the news was put on his website today. He's only been in one event since his comeback, and that, that was the World Hero Challenge just before Christmas. Oof. Falcons defensive uh, past defense coordinator Jerome Henderson is being interviewed for defensive coordinator of the 49ers under new head coach Kyle Shanahan. Uh, good luck with that one, bub. Um, Magic Johnson to call the shots as new team advisor for the Lakers, but owner, but co-owner Jeannie Buss will determine what his role will actually be, and husband Jim prepares to step down as the as the uh, Lakers have been in a downward spiral for the last few years, and now let's hope we can bring some magic back to the Lakers. No pun intended. Oof. I mean, they need they need some help because they because they're another joke. Um, yeah. Uh, here it is. Now, league dime. It was he's a forward. Husky, Huskies. He slaps Heckler and had time during the game. Coaches had to restrain him. Coach Wilmer said he was aware but doesn't know any of the details. Now for the weird story of the day. A woman was punched by Oklahoma running back Joe Mixon, told police in 2014 that the confrontation began after Mixon and a group of his hoodlum friends okay, uh, were making catcalls uh, and unwanted sexual advances towards this woman and only escalated after Mixon called her friend a gay slur and the woman uh. named Amelia Molitor said she never called Mixon a racial slur. Molitor's face was had been broken in several bones after the punch. Mixon's attorney said that Mixon denies he verbally abused her. Molitor gave an account to the police uh, to the detective to the police detective yesterday, Mixon said that Mahler was smoking a cigarette outside a sandwich shop and another friend was using the bathroom when Mixon and his friend started harassing her. Mahler said it was like getting hit by a train and Mixon thought he was, that she was being disrespectful for smoking inside his face, etc., etc., etc. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. This, could be, this, could be, this is like a soap opera. I mean, it's, it's really... Ugh. You know, so it's like she was being, she thought he was being abusive, and he thought she was being abusive, so it's, you know, it's it's really, it's really, it's really a baffling case. It's kind of like there's one thing leads to another. Now, NBA players send memo to players saying, hey, watch it with those uh, Twitter wars, will you? NBA rules prohibit mocking other players on social media. It is not against the, against the rules to use social media by teams during games, but when it becomes abusive and inappropriate, it can also damage the reputation of the league and its players. No kidding. The memo was issued after an exchange between C.J. McCollum and Chandler Parsons in the now infamous Airball episode, saying the smartest move was McCollum was said my team hit the lottery by not drafting a jerk like you. Uh, guidelines to the memo include 
disbarred of an opponent or game official, mimicking an opponent or game officials in a negative manner, and criticizing the NBA officiating program. Well, like that's the first like, that's the first time it's ever happened? Ah, yeah, right. Um, teams may use social media as long as it's not to harm an opponent and uh, no, and no abusive uh, language. Uh, Red Sox Paul Sandoval shows up the training camp early in hoping for a better 2017. Last year, his season was cut short by a shoulder injury. I did that all in 25 minutes in the morning. <laughs> wow. Um, here, uh, last night, halves over the Coyotes, five to four. Pens over the Avalanche, four to one. As their season is just a complete shamble. Yep. Yeah. I thought the Knicks were bad. Huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Wagner was over St. Francis, seventy-six, seventy-four. Uh, these are local games, by the way. Uh, Northern Florida over NJT, 91-69, and that just sickens me because NJT is a disgrace to a basketball is a disgrace to a basketball program. Ugh, just an absolute joke. Um, I know I had something else here this afternoon. Just let me take a look here. Oh yeah. Uh, the security chief from Madison Square Garden was fired, uh, the same one that escorted Charles Oakley out of Wednesday night's melee. Um, it is really not known why that he was uh, fired. This was just two days after. So if you ask me, they should, fire, they should fire Jackson and Dolan as owner. I mean, you know, do what you want. Uh, Shoot him, deport him, fire him, anything, because this this season has been an absolute joke. But you know, in the beginning of the season, they were they were right in their contention. They were doing fine right up until Christmas, and then the whole bottom has just dropped out. I mean, they were like uh, third in the conference, and now they have dropped all the way down to twelfth, and I think down thirteenth. But where do you? But where's the problem? Why is it in the coaching? Is it in the management? Is it the players? You know, all the trade talk with, with uh, Carmelo, which is becoming a distraction to the team, not making things any better. So, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really been very disturbing to watch. And it's quite painful. Ugh. Let's hope that after the All-Star break, they can make some good moves. That'd be nice. Uh, okay, I think that will do my notes for for now. So um, I'll just turn right back over to you. All right, that's going to do it for the 200th episode of the Michigan Sports Truth Post Game Edition on Talk Show. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Episode 201 will be on the air at 11 p.m. Frank Vashner uh, makes his. Re- uh, joins us again after the Red Wings take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at at Nationwide Arena. That, the puck drops up uh, uh, Saturday at 5. That's going to be on Fox Sports Detroit as well. Is it on our side? Oh, no. 
Uh, yes. Also, uh, also Michigan State tipping off against Iowa at the Breslin Center at six, and Central Michigan at Miami, Ohio, at three thirty. So until eleven o'clock p.m. Uh, for for episode two hundred one for Lewis Tenor, I'm Taylor Phillips. On behalf of Frank Vasher and the other guy that just called in from Southeast Michigan. Um, Call, uh, follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Follow Frank Vashner on Twitter at Frank underscore Vashner. That's V-A-J-C-N-E-R. Like the show's Facebook page, The Michigan Sports Truth, and join our Facebook group, The Michigan Sports Truth. Also, tune in at 7 a.m. if you're an early bird to episode 251 on Spreaker with Ed Smith and myself. Hey, check me on Check me out tomorrow at 7 o'clock when I host the Locker Room Show. Um, I'm taking over for, uh, for a guy named Kari Price. Um, it's like I've inherited the show. Um, it's 7 p.m. on the East uh, time zone. Uh, the number is 646-716-5245. And talk about anything you like sports-wise. So I thought I'd bring All that right. up. All right. All right. All right. On that note, TTFN, ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Good night, folks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.